Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Jim Harris will continue in the book of Mark with chapter 14, verses 12 through 21. It's the preparation for the last Passover in which Jesus institutes the practice of Christian communion to replace the old remembrance called the Passover. With the arrival of the Messiah and the shedding of his blood as our once-for-all sacrifice for sin, that which foreshadowed his ultimate sacrifice would no longer be necessary. What the Passover and the sacrifices symbolized before Christ, what those only foreshadowed, has now, through Christ's crucifixion and resurrection, been fulfilled. And we practice this memorial every time we come together to participate in it. Pastor Jim will connect what Jesus institutes here with all that had come before as a symbolic reminder of what only Jesus could eventually accomplish. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, The Last Passover. It also tells us that Jesus had made a prior arrangement with this man. And that again shows Jesus has full awareness of every single detail of all that it will take to not only to fulfill the plan of redemption, but to have the private time with the 11 believing disciples to give them that spectacular array of teaching in John 13, 14, 15, and 16 without the betrayer around. He had to work all of this out, and he did. Now, I'll admit, I'll admit, another possibility is if Jesus had not gone and made prior arrangements with this man, maybe he just supernaturally put this desire into the heart of the owner of this house. Well, if he did, that's just even a more spectacular demonstration of his deity. Then, as I already said, Mark just says matter-of-factly, and they prepared the Passover. Like I say, it, I think it's a pretty safe assumption that to say that took the rest of the day until the time that Jesus brought the other ten to join them. The implication from the text is that all afternoon, Judas had to put up with the frustration of not knowing how his plan was going to work. If indeed it's true, and I think it's, it's very plausible that Judas wanted to rat Jesus out for the location of the Passover meal, then the whole betrayal in the garden thing in Judas's mind was plan B. But it was exactly as God planned it to be. Now, God not only can use the sinful actions and the sinful desires of sinful people, He can even make them change their plan along the way. That's so cool. Now, uh, notice something else here relevant to the timing of all this. I pointed out to you, it says, when the Passover lamb was being sacrificed. In verse 12, first day of the unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb was being sacrificed, that's when they asked, where do you want us to prepare? Here's why I need to explain this a little bit. Two different traditions were in play at the same time there in Jerusalem, 
among the Jews on the Passover. It was based on different ways of reckoning the day of the Passover. Now, you're familiar with the, the day in um, the Hebrew mind. It was evening to evening. And there was evening and there was morning day one. And there was evening and there was morning day two. The Sabbath is from sundown on Friday until sundown on Saturday. That's the, that's the norm. But as far as the reckoning of a day, as in um, a day on the calendar, they also sometimes rec- uh, reckoned it from sun up to sun to sun up. So sun up to sun up or sundown to sundown. The ones from Judea, the southern region around Jerusalem, they reckoned it from sunup to sundown, so they were going to sacrifice their lambs in the middle of the afternoon on Thursday. That's this day that Jesus and his guys were going to eat the Passover meal. Because those from Galilee in the north reckoned it from sundown to sundown, and they were going to sacrifice their lambs on Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock, right when the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, voluntarily gave his life. Jesus is working all of this out. God arranged for him to die at the time that all the lambs for the Passover, for the Galileans, where Jesus and his men were all from, uh, that was his plan. Understanding the difference is how you avoid being confused by this plan to arrange the dinner, notice, on the day when the Passover lamb was being sacrificed, Yet that was also the day before the lamb was to be sacrificed, because it's half on Thursday, half on Friday. Good for the priest to spread the work out for two days uh, anyway, but that's not a factor in the text. So, the lambs for the Judeans were being sacrificed that Thursday. The Galileans had their meal that night. Now, the lambs for the Galileans are going to be sacrificed on Friday. That's very significant. And we'll again see that next Lord's Day when we come back to the text. So, this is the last Passover. The first question, where shall we prepare? Well, go to a place I'm not giving you the address of, to a guy whose house I'm not telling you the name of, and, oh, by the way, just follow this guy that's going to be carrying a pitcher. He's working it all out. Second question, surely not I. Verse 17, when it was evening... He came with the twelve. Now, if you want to get real super uh, literalistic about that, you could say, well, your theory that Peter and John stayed there doesn't hold water because it says he came with the twelve. Well, it doesn't actually require that. The twelve all came to that room at that time. It doesn't preclude two of them having been there. So my theory is okay. If you want to say Peter and John did it and then they came back to the group, all you have to do is say they didn't tell Judas where they were going and all of them went there. Either way, Jesus hid it from Judas. Now, there's something very significant, not mentioned by Mark, but it's covered in detail by John. We're not going to go on a side trip to it today, but you know the story that when the disciples came to this place to eat the Passover, they were in the midst of squabbling yet again. They'd done it several times. They were squabbling over which of them was going to be regarded as greatest in the kingdom. Now, 
You also know the story, the custom of the culture at a formal meal like that with special guests. There was to be a servant who would wash the feet of the dinner guests before the meal. There were no servants present here. It was just Jesus and the twelve. And no one who is trying out for the position of most important in the kingdom is about to also volunteer to wash the feet of his buddies. So Jesus got up, King of kings, Lord of lords, set aside his outer garment, picked up the towel, and washed the feet of his disciples. I'll bet you could have heard a pin drop in that room. You might also have heard some tears drop as these manly men were humbled and ashamed of their own sinful pride. You can be sure that Jesus had their undivided attention for the rest of that evening, and boy, did he have a lot to say to them. Be good if you want to between now and next Lord's Day. Go read John 13, 14, 15, and 16. And while you're there, you might as well throw in 17 and see how he prayed in the garden as well. All right, back to Mark. Mark 14, look at 17 and 18 together. When it was evening, he came with the twelve. As they were reclining at the table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you that one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. Now it says they were reclining at the table. That's the way the Passover was usually eaten. They didn't pull up straight chairs to the dining room table with their feet under the table. They would lie on one side, feet, you know, kind of, uh, kind of diagonal parked all around, the, all around the table, and it was a very leisurely thing. They would be there for a long time. They had celebrated the Passover together before. They were familiar with it. But when Jesus spoke those words, can you imagine the emotional bolt of lightning that went through every guy's heart around that table? Truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Now, there's a backhanded sort of twisted compliment to Judas for his spectacular hypocrisy. He was so good at it, none of the other 11 suspected him any more than they suspected themselves. Verse 19, they began to be grieved, and that's worded very strongly. This, this really bothered them. They began to be grieved and to say to him, one by one, each one said this, Surely not I. Their hearts must have been pounding in their chests. What a chilling thought. What maybe were they, were they thinking? Well, maybe they went to the ultimate degree and were thinking, oh, am I really committed to the Lord? Am I going to somehow mess this up? Or maybe they were, maybe not possibly not going to that level, but maybe they were thinking something like, oh, did I say something that would lead the enemies of Jesus to this place so that he could be ambushed? They knew there was a be on the lookout for Jesus' order. Everybody was supposed to say where he was if they saw him so they could come and arrest him. Maybe they were asking Am I willing to follow Jesus even to death? 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.